Wow. Wow. It's the illusion reporting from somewhere on space ship Earth. It's uh, Island Ryland. What's happening, everyone? Tonic water. No, a little, uh, little Zevia energy booster. What's happening, everybody out there on this uh, fine Saturday afternoon in June? It's windy in Montana. Yep. Montana seems like the place to be right now. That's for for sure. We're doing good. We're doing good. We're uh, I'm making some planner boxes today. I've uh, you know, battling to have a uh, fruitful and bountiful garden. I don't think I'm getting enough light where I set up the uh, the original thing. So I'm I'm putting a uh, two planner planner box out by the mini donkey here. But because of the squirrels, I kind of got to enclose it. I think I'm going to use that uh, that bird netting or something. But I don't want to get the birds uh, birds caught up because we have a pretty cool bird scene going on. But I think it'll be okay, man. I'll put some sparklers on there or something, right? The birds don't dig the uh, the sparklers. So we're doing the old, uh, just, you know, regrouping, trying to grow some fruits and vegetables. And, um, you know, I'm using the, uh, I got the tools out today. Got the, got the little, little skill saw going, the impact gun, the drill, owls helping me put screws and things. And, uh, we're doing that. And we're also getting the, uh, the Lego studio happening in the garage. I'm building this backdrop with, uh, I got a piece of plywood I have on a swivel so I can put it back up into the ceiling, but I'm putting the, uh, I'm taking all the old Lego boxes and I'm stuffing them full of newspaper and I'm applying them to this piece of plywood that's uh, eight by six. So it's going to be soundproof, but it's also going to be the Lego backdrop, which is going to be a whole bunch of like a mosaic of Lego boxes. Because at some point I decided to start keeping them and I didn't know why. And then someone had suggested I, uh, I use them as a, as a backdrop. So that's what I'm doing. I, I'm working on getting the garage situation up and running and the garden out there up and running like garden fit garden 2.0 and uh what's happening Catskill hillbilly from upstate New York and so yeah that's what I'm doing I'm 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 harvesting my Saturday I'm making full productive use of it all the uh everybody just went out on to do some errands so I figured it was a good time to do a little podcast a little stream whatever we're calling these things nowadays. And um, I realized, do I have enough power on my... Here, I got to get actually get a power cord real quick. Just hang in there.
All right, all right, gotta get a power cord here. Get this dialed in really quickly. Uh, okay, I gotta unplug that, and I gotta plug that in, and now I'm, now I'm good to go, dude. Yeah, the, uh, I, yeah, I finally found something to do with the Lego, Lego boxes. It's turned out to be quite a little project I got myself involved with. Let me tell you, with the Lego box background thing, again, I ran out of newspaper last night, like a third of the way through it. It's kind of exciting though. Hey, Resto Man, how you doing, my brother? How you doing out there in the Mojave Joshua Tree? area it's blue skies indeed so the blue sky the so for those of you who don't know the blue sky phenomenon's been a, a real plus side of this whole scam so i'll take the blue skies without the upper atmosphere aerosol injection any day of the week dude that's pretty nice um so yeah I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick the ball over to you guys, dude. What what sh what should we talk about? I think we should definitely. St th these are the three topics I think we should stay away from today. Is uh, the coof, the loot, and music. So, so whoever wants to throw in a uh, a subject matter. That would be that would be rad because uh, I didn't come here. I didn't really come in with an, an agenda today, but I, I don't really want to talk about the the scamdemic or the uh, or or the the recent looting and chaos or music. But anything else, I, I think I'm pretty green lightish about about that. Favorite drinks: water, 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 water. I try to drink a lot of water, dude. Hydration's super important, but I, I do get up on these Zevia energy drinks every now and then. I'm big into the tonic water lately. I found a uh, the Zevia tonic water that doesn't have any sugar in it, which is pretty good because tonic water has a lot of sugar in it. So I try to stay. I got to clean up my diet. Speaking of water, I've gotten a little slow. I got I've got I got a little bit of put on a little bit of belly. You know, the last three min minutes, I think, you know, I've been, I've been eating my way through it a little bit. So, yeah, I, I've definitely slipped in the diet department, but um, I'm going to hydrate. I have not been doing my exercise. I haven't really, I've just been sort of slacker a little bit. I did go skateboarding the other day. That was pretty nice. I went down to this, the Venice skate park and got my shred on, dude. I don't eat breakfast, man. I'm not a breakfast kind of guy, dude. If, if... If uh, Owl's mom makes some pancakes in the morning, I will have whatever pancakes he doesn't doesn't finish. But we get those keto ones; they're pretty good, dude. How are you taking your coffee? These black, just black, no frills, dude. Talk about your biggest spill. I don't know, dude. It's just always the it's just pretty. I took a pretty decent slam the other day, dude. Got hung up on the coping and just. Went down like a ton of bricks, dude. It's always funny that I always trip on, like, there was some, uh, there was a lot of girls skating the, uh, the other day. Or paleo. The can pancakes are paleo, dude. My bad. They're not keto. Keto, paleo, upside down EO. I don't know what EO it is that the, is the new diet, 
Dieto. But, uh, yeah, I took a pretty good slam the other day, dude. But it was funny. There was, like, these these girls all padded up, you know, like, early 20s girls. They were skating pretty good. And and uh, I took a big slam, and I was like, are you okay? It's like, it's skateboarding, dude. We're supposed to be slamming, dude. But I do, I do go down. If I'm going to go down, I commit to going down, dude. I like skating pools. I'll pretty much skate what's available, dude. You know, pools are their own interesting dimension. I haven't been skating that pool enough lately, but it's been kind of humid. I don't really like skating when it's humid, man. Tuck and roll, baby. Tuck and roll, dude. Uh, it's, I don't really do diets, but I definitely, I definitely stay away from the... Uh, the non-organic. That's about my diet, dude. Shallow and lurker, dude. There you are. Ah, have how been finding any birthday cakes out there, brother? The shallow and lurker ch chiming in, dude. I love skating with the lurker, dude. Guy, hey, lurker. I got three pools down here, man. I should call Peacock and and tell him to come on over and get after it. One of them's pretty good to skate, then two of them are pretty advanced, pretty vertical, dude. Kind of one one end, one and no shallow ends, brother. They're all shallow end. Ah, oh, dude, we got Roxanne and Pete Wergerlin. Holy smoke, dude. This is like an all like an all-star cast popping in, dude. I'm just gonna I'm gonna fully just give you guys right off the bat, both of you guys, is uh I'm gonna Make the lurker a moderator and uh, Pete and Roxanne moderators as well, dude. Because they're they're highly trusted individuals in the dream, dude. So uh, thanks for the birthday wishes. Yeah, I turned fifty one a couple days ago. Big five one in the dream. Who who would have figured, man? Like fifty one, man. Ah, go go go. Guess again, dude. So. Uh, yeah, but that's what I did for my birthday on my 51st. I just was like, I'm going to go skate down at Venice. I hadn't skated. I haven't really. I don't think I've skated the, the skate park at maybe not at all in 2020 yet. Maybe once because it gets kind of weird in the wintertime because it'll get super. It'll get like moist in the evening and then it'll sweat in the afternoon dude, when the sun's all at a weird angle. So. I haven't, uh, and then, you know, you had the, uh, they filled it full of sand for a while, like that sort of genius move, but, uh, whoa, Andy, whatever, been a fan for a long time, OFC, the first video I saw was yours, was the bowl cut maintenance, keep doing you, thank you, Andy, appreciate the, uh, the pounds, dude. Pound, bam, and uh, yeah. So we're 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 kind of we're moving about. It's a weird scene going down to Venice. I have to say, it's still all like shuttered, kind of, sort of weird. But uh, you know, parking's easy. That's the that's the weirdest thing. Is like the summertime crowds are not here, which is. Which is sort of uh, sort of rad, dude. 
Uh, thanks for the belated birthday wish. So it was kind of cool. So the birthday on the same day was uh, Owl's graduation from preschool. So it was like a du- double winner, double win. We had a, I had a, I went skated. I went to Owl's graduation, and then uh, my wife and uh, some of my good friends had a little birthday party. So that was super nice. A little birthday party gathering, just a couple families, and uh, that was super cool, man. I don't really do the birthday things. I left my wife took care of that for me. That was super. My wife and my stepdaughter took care of that for me. So, but that was nice. It was like an official birthday, and then uh, the the one of the the uh, the daughter of my friend is super cool. She's like I think she's 10, 11 now, something like that. She built. She baked the best cake full home home done birthday cake like bottom layer chocolate top layer vanilla with this trippy blue vegan frosting and uh covered with fruit and stuff dude it was super tasty man it was just like for a birthday cake it was it was uh and it was an 11 it was an 11 birthday crack birthday cake on that so and it was kind of cool because uh the the other two families that were there, they brought their little owls, little best friends. So it was sort of a a kid party too, which was which was cool. They went and got crazy on the trampoline and just tore it up. They didn't eat, they didn't eat anything, but they tore it up. And then uh, Owl's birthday's coming up here on the uh, Owl's going to be five in like ten days. What's it? The thirteenth? Yeah, Owl's going to be five. Just like that, dude, five already. Oh boy, dude. How crazy is that, dude? Uh, I'm in a national park. Oh, dude, Destiny M, well, enjoy your national park, dude. I, I probably, I feel like I need to get up to the uh, the Sequoias or something, speaking of national parks. I need to go see some big trees. Just the big trees. Yeah, Pete and Roxanne, five already, dude, five. Well, your your son is is almost an is is like an adult, dude. I I think I vi- I think I visited you guys when he was about maybe seven. I think he was seven. Fifteen, man. Fifteen. That's crazy. You know what they say? Time flies. Planes crash, man. Get it while you got it, man. I don't know. So yeah, it's uh it's kind of a, a no uh Jesse Martinez, yeah. Well, you know, Jesse's been taking care of the Jesse's why the park got built in the first place, man. That's uh I was always bummed they kind of like didn't want to pay him to be the cleanup crew since he uh he was the, uh, the, he's the guy, dude. Life on Spaceship Earth is pretty chill, man. It's a, it's a chill Saturday. It's the, it's the giant regroup. You know what I mean? It's, I, it seems like uh, a calm space. Enjoy the calm space. That's why it's like harvesting the Saturday. Try not to, uh, try not to make too much out of it. I just want to plant some stuff. Let's 
What's the most beautiful natural occurrence you've ever witnessed? Ah, you know, you, you there's all sorts of that, that, that is, I think, subjective to the reality. I mean, I'd say the gnarliest, most radical thing I've ever seen is my son being born. That, that like, that takes the cake on, like, a, a gnarliness level. But, you know, on pure na natural beauty, I mean, that, I've had that occurrence happen so many times. So it's, it's subjective, man. It, uh, you can you can find the, the ultimate beauty in a grain of sand if you're looking at it the right way. I think sometimes it's just getting up and being stoked, man. I don't know, dude. I'm uh, I try I try to find that beauty every day. You know, sometimes it's uh, I don't know, man. Now that now that you got me thinking, I just, I don't know, man. I, a lot of stuff, dude. Being in the Quinault Rainforest in the Olympic National Park, that was all time. I just think about some of the dude, some of the some of the places I've been. I don't know. That's why uh, I highly advise cruising around the United States of America while you can, like in your youth. Go see some stuff, dude. Go go down the unbeaten path. I mean, I've seen some pretty beautiful melting scenery, dude. I'd say the gnarliest place I've ever been is, is a hot spring off of the Salmon River in Idaho. I'll say that was pretty. I'm not going to name it. You can find it yourself, dude. But uh, I'll say that was pretty all time pretty i don't know man i remember seeing i remember seeing a crazy thunderstorm into the sunset driving across nebraska once that blew my mind man dude i remember with my buddy billy kletzer watching the sunrise down in, in capos costa rica that was crazy some of those moments down in chile dude i don't know man been to Yosemite. I'm a kind of avoid national parks kind of guy, man. Just in that sense of, I think, I think national parks are a bit overplayed. In that, if you want to deal with, if you go off season, it seems kind of legit to me. I used to go up to Yosemite when I was a kid all the time and go cross country skiing with my parents. My dad was way into cross country skiing, so when I was like when I was a grom, we used to go up to Yosemite all the time in the winter time. But uh, yeah, the the national parks are beautiful, but I, I'm more of a wilderness area kind of guy. I like to I like wilderness areas because they're not national parks. Because national parks sort of have infrastructure built within them, which is can be a drag. Like if you go up to Sequoia, dude, it's it's plagued with like buses and motorhomes and you know, you got to backpack into the wilderness anyhow if you really want to like touch it. Oh, I mean, overlooks are cool, like granite rocks or, I want to go up to that place in, uh, in Canada, man, and see that, dude. I've never been to Glacier. I've always wanted to check out Glacier. I want to go to the middle of Antarctica and see where the hole is that goes into the center of the earth. That's what I really want to see. I want to go to the moon, bro. I want to check out the moon. <laughs>
Yeah, national parks are rad, but the, you know, you've, I, my take on national parks is this. They, I think they focus attention and there's a bunch of other places that get neglected because everybody's like national parks. When there's like, I don't know, there's all sorts of other places that are warranted of national park status that are just highly overlooked in our country, dude. You know? I, so I, I, I kind of, I think that, that like it's a weird, dubious thing. Like if you go drive around like Utah, that whole state's like a national park, man. There's an old growth forest that's still unprotected in, in Oregon that, that needs to be saved. Like that's worthy of, of a national park status on a small level, dude. Like think about it. There's like one, there's like a one last kind of intact watershed on the Oregon coastline inland that deserves national yeah, well, everyone's bitching and moaning about global warming and stuff. There is an unprotected old growth forest in Oregon that needs to be saved. But, you know, where's where's the infrastructure for that? Can I like, yeah, you got to kind of get me to take a gnarly turn when I start thinking about that. I wish I wish I wish there was the will. I wish the environmental movement hadn't been taken over by the social justice war movement, man, so we could actually preserve some of the uh remaining beautiful places that are still fully intact, dude. Yeah, the Lorax. The Lorax is the Dr. Seuss book I can't even like look at, dude. Bums me out, dude. Freaks me out. I don't want to talk about it, dude. I don't want to talk about that. The forests have been forgotten, dude. But maybe not. Maybe we all need to go back to the forest, evacuate the cities, right? That's one of the three subject matters I don't want to talk about today. So yeah, I'm sitting out here, the hummingbirds, I'm looking out the window, the hummingbirds are good, the flowers are blooming still. I think we're just trying to make the best of it. Like I said, it's a, it's a regroup on life kind of vibe. Like even talking about it right now, like it kind of gets me fired up. I sort of want to get proactive. Mandatory camping. camping. Right on, Shallow and Lurker. I appreciate that. Yeah, here come the kooks to storm the rural areas. Nah. The people that are going to the rural areas, dude. It's, the rural areas are like... You either get it or you don't, dude. The kooks can't survive in the rural area. I'll, I'll you be super clear about that, dude. Turn 25, any advice, dude? Just live while you're young. Stay out of debt, dude. Haley Bruno, just turned 25. Davis Maynard, just turned 20. Just stay out of debt, dude. Don't incur any debt. Is the, the greatest piece of advice I can give you is just don't get debt associated to your reality. And then just go out and live, man. L-I-V-I-N. Just living, dude. Just go check some stuff out. Don't don't staple yourself down early, dude. Look, I, I'm I'm a testament to you. You can have you can have children, 
little later in life. You can do all the, you can do all the domestic stuff later in life when, when, it, when it makes total sense. Like, I'll tell you what, if I was living the lifestyle I'm living now in my 20s, I would hate it. I would absolutely not like it. But the lifestyle I'm living now at 51, dude, totally, totally into it. And yet I still maintain that that young like perspective in that sense of like, I can still go camping and ride my skateboard and go mountain biking and surf and do all the things that you do when you're young because I because I think that a lot of people make this the the mistake because of the mind washing is that you have to do all this stuff early, which is a trap. So if you if you kind of enjoy your life while you're young and go seek a bunch of experiences and have a bunch of like I look at my twenties, man, I did a lot of lot of trippy stuff. I had a, I did all sorts of jobs and weird worked in weird places and how I was a tree hugger, I was a partier, I was an activist, I was a a lunatic and a renegade. I couldn't imagine being in that that youthful space trapped. And I think a lot of people do that, think they have to like commit to something when you're young. My advice is don't commit to anything when you're young. Whatever you do, don't commit. Just live. And then you'll find whatever it is you're supposed to find, I think. There is no such thing as a dead-end job, dude. There's just dead-end perception, man. Like, like again, that you can only have a dead-end job if you will it to be so. I've had plenty, I did, dude, I remember I had this job up in Portland, dude. I literally stuffed VHS video cassette tapes into like boxes and shrink wrapped them. And uh, thank you, Owl Sounds from Texas. Seize the weekends, my dudes and dudettes. I had this job. I would go and I would literally stuff VHS video cassette tapes into boxes and shrink wrap them by night. And I was skateboarding the Burnside by day. You know what I mean? So you could you could argue it was it like you can only have a dead end job if you're not living your life at the same time. Like sometimes those those non-committal jobs actually finance the like I look at when I lived up in Portland, right? When I lived in Portland, Oregon, before it became the social justice warrior cesspool that it is now. I'm so bummed the way Portland's gone, dude. What a drag, man. What a drag, dude. Portland's like, Portland has, could have been the like greatest city on the planet, but they've let those Antifa fuckwits take over, dude. The Pacific Northwest. And it's just ironic, dude. It, it's it's all my generation's kids too, which is ironic, the millennials. But uh, anyway, I don't want to get I don't want to go down that bunny hole either. So uh, when I was living up in Portland, man, the Burnside was you know getting it's getting still being built, and you know we were fighting the tree thing, dude. I had I did had every dead end job under the under the sun, dude. And I'll tell you what. Those dead end jobs like finance like the greatest time of my life, man, in a, in an interesting way. Yeah, like 
I worked for Kelly Temporary Services. Like I was a Kelly girl, dude. And if you know what temp services are, I used to go and just temp service out. And I would, you know, one day I'd be working at a, at, at the VHS tape box stuffing place. I remember I had this job with my buddy, Zach. I literally took plastic cups out of this like machine and like moved it to another. I used to call them like mercy jobs. Like I would take a cup from one machine and put it in this other like stamping coloring machine. I did that for like a week, dude. It was, it was, I remember being there at that job and it sucked, but I look back at it now and I'm like, dude, that was, that what I saw going on in this factory was mind blowing. I remembered, like I always tell the story of washing the yellow line, all these, you know, all these weird jobs I had in temporary service, man. And then I was like a copy machine delivery guy for years, dude, with, with Hamed Gubar, dude. You could argue that was a dead end job, except I loved it, man. I love delivering copy machines with the Mujahideen rebel from Afghanistan, dude. Hamed Guar, dude. That dude was next level gnarly, dude. Ah, dude. So, you know, it's all what you make of it. It really is like, if you want to have, if you think your job's dead end, maybe you're dead end. I, I, again, I, I always get to this, this thing of, it really is up to you to uh, determine your reality. And I got it, man. Like, but then again, it, you can change everything if you want. You can, you really can get up and start over every day. You can literally pack your bags and leave. Like literally, like, look, man, and you could, I could do it right now if I so desired. Yeah, I don't want to because I love my son. I love my wife. I love my stepdaughter. I love my little life I got going on. I didn't like it. I could be a kook and split too. But you know, it's it's that thing when I when I really think of of the traps that you can fall into. They're all mind traps. You can't you can't have a you can't have a crappy job. You can only have a crappy attitude. That's the truth of it. I've had oh man, I, dude. I remember this job I had in Flagstaff. I was literally the guy who ran the f- floor washing equipment. It sucked. But you know what? Whatever. I made the I made I think I lasted a couple weeks. The job I had in Bozeman stuffing the two the one gallon, two one gallon jugs into the one gallon box, where I was so good at it, they let me do it by myself in the middle of the night. Like they were like unsupervised me. They're like, dude, you just here's the keys. Take care of that stuff however you want to do it, dude. You're the man, dude. We know you're going to get it done. Because I'll tell you what, this is this is one of the secrets to like, besides showing up on time, I guess we're just talking about jobs and stuff. Besides being punctual and showing up on time, people get stoked and let you do your own thing when you show that you can do it better than they thought you could do it, right? Part of like showing up and having a crappy job is making the crappy job easier for you. And and that's always been my hallmark, dude, is again, I don't know if there's such thing as a crappy job. It's just a crappy attitude. I, I think some of the, I think some of the jobs that I like, Things that I people would have said would have been my best job ever. I hated, you know. Uh, so, 
That's my advice, dude. It's all up to you. It's all up to your perception. You can have a really bad job, but that's just because you have a bad attitude. And then you're not being of service to the people you work with, right? Like your job, like your number one job when you have a job is like showing up fired up, dude. Just being pumped. Like that's that was the thing I, I when I used to show up to carpentry, dude. I'd show up so gung ho, like yeah, let's go, let's get let's get in there, let's 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 do it, man. I'm trying to think of like bad jobs right now. I I can one of the first jobs I ever had. I was working at the straw hat straw hut pizza, dude, making pies. I hated that job, dude. I, that was when I was like 16 though. So when you're 16, you don't even know any better, dude. I did not like the job. I worked for this dude, Dexter. Dexter, man. Uh, I didn't like that job at all. And then I remember I worked at the gas, I worked at the 76 gas station at the bottom of my canyon for forever, dude. Still work that like whatever. I'm trying to think of I'll tell you my 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 all-time favorite job. If I could look back at the job that I liked the most in this lifetime was being a groundskeeper at Waverly Country Club up in Portland, Oregon. I think it was actually Clackamas or whatever. I think it was actually technically in Portland, but I worked at Waverly Country Club as a groundskeeper, dude. Just like Bill Murray, man. I love that job. I had my own little Cushman, dude. You'd show up in the morning, dude, and everybody'd have like a big meeting, all the groundskeepers. You'd have like a big powwow of what you were going to do for the day. And my job as the groundskeeper was like, I was like, like a, and the, I didn't run any of the lawnmowers. I just like took care of stuff. So I'd get like my assignment in the morning and be like, yeah, you're going to go over to, you know, a whole, seven and you're gonna plant daffodils all day load up my little cushman dude with the tools i needed and zip over to hole number seven and plant daffodils all day i loved being a groundskeeper man if i think about it right now like actually i can think about it and be like like a fond memory of that job waverly country club dude the hottest was was when you'd get off work so the groundskeeper Thing was in the middle of the like country club. And uh, in order to get out of the country club, you had to drive like the road went through the golf course. So it was like this full gauntlet run that you had to like, you had to like time it so that you didn't get pegged by someone driving a ball. And like the, like there was like that, we know, cause you're the groundskeeper at this like elite country club or whatever, high end country club. You know, they'd be definitely trying to peg your car, dude, with some some of your beat-up pickup truck with some golf balls, dude. <laughs> on the I think I I think we were on the Willamette River, dude. Now, dude, I remember, dude, the river went right by the thing. I used to just sit there. I remember what like when I was working there, there was some like monumental rainstorm and it flooded the country club and we spent like Three weeks just resodding like, you know, a bunch of the holes that had gotten like mudded out, dude. So yeah, I don't know, man. You you find what you you you. It's all up to you, dude.
It's all up to you, man. That's that's really it, dude. Look, I know people that have rad jobs that get paid buckets of money that are miserable. I know movie actors that are that are people I know that are just miserable drug addicts, dude. You think you want to be a rock star? You think you want to be a celebrity or a movie star, dude? No, you don't. You want to be a person among persons, like enjoying your life. That's where the real celebrities are. The dads and the moms who get up every day and they take care of their their business and their kids and, you know, make a little happy life and do, you know, decorate their Christmas tree and go to church on time and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that's where, like, I think that's where I think everyone's gotten, like, thrown in the deep end of life the last couple months is, like, what is it? What what really is it all about? Yeah, it's it really is that dumb, dumb, simple, dude. The simplest thing that in life is you don't need any of the garbage, the stuff, the filling your pockets full of money, dude. You just want to you just want to be able to sit with your family, have dinner, enjoy the evening, watch the birds go to the bird feeder, plant some plant some cucumbers. Do some puzzles, play with some Legos, make some hamburgers. Like it, it really, I, I think that, the, I hope that everybody's learned the lesson about like what, what it really is about. And I hope we don't let that go. Because all this like seeking fame and fortune, dude, that's what's caused all this chaos in the streets. That's what causes a one, one group of people to be less than another group of people. Because like I, I'll say it, say it again, and I'll always say it is, Everybody just wants to go picnicking with their kids on the weekend. That's what that's what your average human being wants to do. Your average human being isn't looking to be, you know, Bradley Cooper or 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 I don't even know who the popular music people are right now because they all suck so bad nowadays, dude. That uh, that lame chick with the with the funny pants and the bad hair job, dude, whatever her face is named is. The satanic one. Oh, they're all satanic. But you, you get what I'm saying? Like, like look, I, I'll, I'll give it to you this. If there's, if there's anybody who seems to have that stuff in your pocket celebrity thing kind of maybe dialed, it might be Joe Rogan. And you know, you know, I'm not a Rogan guy, but from the outside, it looks like that dude's pretty busy just doing it like on a low key. Guy seems pretty happy, dude. So, and I know a bunch of these real celebrity jerk offs, man. They're miserable, dude. And let me tell you, dude, they are miserable, dude. Imagine, imagine being a bitch to the studio system, dude. You think those people get all that like money that that like. That Bentley money, that that Lamborghini money, you think they get that money and they're like all like free? No, no, it's gilded cages, baby. Those people aren't free. They can't they can't just like dip out. They're stuffed, man, forever, dude. That's why they're so miserable. That's why they're making those lame little like infomercials. Like it's all my fault. It is all your fault, dude, because you're a scumbag. And you chose a, a vapid way of living. But, you know, who am I to talk, dude? Who am I to talk? Dude? Billy Eilish. Yeah, that's it, dude. 
Maybe. Money and fame mean nothing, dude. I'll tell you what, dude. All those people with money and fame realized over the last three months, it didn't, it didn't buy you any more freedom than anybody else. You were, just, you were just as unable to go to the restaurant as the next guy, dude. You know what I mean? If you think, you think about it, like, look, I'll, I'll tell you what. Where we, were, where we were hiding out with the other family, dude, we saw like Ellen, like that, that horrible Ellen woman. She would, she was up there like walking around every day, dude. She had, she had to walk the same, same little, same little route we had to walk every day with everybody else, dude, to go get her exercise. Cause she wasn't, she didn't have anywhere to go either. Like, that's the thing. All those celebrities got shut down on this one too, dude. So who's happier? Some celebrity who has all the, uh, all the empty rooms in their house, like fully interior design, dude. And like, yeah, dude, in some big spacious place all by themselves and miserable with their fat bank accounts. Or just some people that are just out in the middle of Nebraska with their family, dude, and their little, their little home, dude, and their, their tomato patch and their, you know, their legumes and they're, they're growing and they're doing, you know, they're, Doing Crayola crayon art, dude. I'll tell you what the people, those people in Oklahoma, dude, are. Any day of the week, and that's that's again why I think that it's, it's interesting is is being caught in the culture of the West Coast. It's hard. Thank God I've lived in other parts of the country, but the people out here have no idea what's going on. So don't ever listen to them. Whatever you're doing out there on Spaceship Earth, if anybody who's any sort of celebrity, musician, athlete, tries to tell you how it's supposed to be, just don't listen. Whatever you do, don't listen. They are, they are the most deprived human beings on this planet, dude. They are the, the worst of the worst, dude. So if you're living out there and, and somewhere somewhere... You might be you might be sitting in a trailer up there in upstate New York, dude. Might be pretty cold in the winter, might be pretty hot in the summer, might be humid. You might be looking out at your little patch of grass and you're in your couple trees there. Let me tell you, dude, you're doing way better than these people sitting in their mansions on Point Doom right now truthfully like yeah they they'll 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 instagram pictures of themselves with their like whole thing but like at the end of the day dude they just wish they were back in some little trailer on some little chunk of land in upstate new york sweating it out in the summer and shaking it out in the winter dude it doesn't seem like it dude because i've been out there dude i know how cold it gets and i know how humid it gets but let me tell you man these people that are trying to tell you how to live their lives they don't know how to live their lives. And they're the ones that make you think you have a dead-end job. I think that to bring it all back around to where this rant got started, don't let anybody with fame, wealth, big bank accounts, and fancy cars make you think your job is dead-end. Your job is only dead-end if you choose it to be. And I will tell you, dude, I've learned in this lifetime, dude, that the mundane, that the basic... That the, that the nuts and bolts reality is where the magic lies. It's not, it's not over here with the, with the 15 room mansion overlooking the Pacific. Yeah, it would be nice to visit and hang out for the weekend, but you wouldn't want to live there forever. 
it is it is a gilded cage where you're locked behind a fence and most people have contempt for you. So yeah, enjoy your enjoy your calm world, man. Cherish it. Cherish it. Look at your children and cherish it. Because uh it's no the grass is not greener, dude. The grass is not greener, man. They'll try to convince you that all day long, dude, that you need to be somewhere else. You need to be doing something somewhere else. No, you need to figure out how to be present in the reality you live. And I struggle with it all the time, dude. Look, I mean, I live this weird world, but the more and more, I think the last three months taught me that. I saw it. I saw it firsthand. You just want it to be simple, dude. You really do just want to be able to go down to the supermarket buy some food, get some flowers for your wife and not be hassled. Say hello to the cashier that you know on a first name basis and go back to your home and make some hamburgers and just chill out, dude. I, I like, I think I think the last couple weeks, kind of skimming off what I don't want to talk about. The last couple weeks, I think we all saw like, dude, we don't want any of that drama. Like, yeah, we've maybe we've taken it for granted. Maybe everybody's thought that there's some sort of green grass over the horizon. If, if only we could all be celebrities and rock stars and, and people, dude, that are just, you know, ah. but then, you know, we saw, dude. It's thin. This thin veneer of reality, this thin veneer of society, man. You can literally poke a finger through it, man. And, and enough people poke fingers through it thinking that there's something over on the other side. It'll, it'll rip apart. So yeah, there's nothing on the other side, dude. There's nothing on the other side of the thin veneer of society. There's, there's no, it doesn't get any better than this. Dude, if you have a supermarket in your town or wherever you are and it's full of food, that's pretty much like apex reality, dude. Like, I mean, I know it sounds dumb because like we're human beings and we can think about like, you know, quantum physics and, and we know that we know so much, but really, if you think about the human experience through like the history of life and look at it through that lens, Monday nuts and bolts reality is where the magic is, dude. You're killing it right now. Right on. Lonely mansions, empty rooms, dark star Huxley. Thank you. Yeah, if you think about it, man, like all of all humanity's always been aiming for this simple thing, really to be able to go down to the supermarket and just buy some food and not have to toil in the soil, not have to not have to go chase down some gazelle, dude, because you're, you know, you're starving, not 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 sweating some crop failure, dude, because there, you know, it didn't rain enough. Like we live in a world, dude, where like Literally, yeah, yeah, we've let the, the you could go oh, the the GMO and the non-organic and the pesticides and the blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, like really, we learned, didn't we learn that like three months ago? How scary was it when the uh, when the shelves were empty? How scary was it when there was no food on the supermarket shelves? And you look at it now, and you're like, dude, that's that's the greatest gift there is to reality, dude, is the supermarkets up and running, dude. But what takes a supermarket? A whole bunch of people 
who have chosen not to have dead end jobs. If you think if if you want to think that that dead end jobs are are the reality, then that's the cashier, that's the person making your you know, your canned peas, dude, that's the farmer, that's that's all these things that are integral to our like actually like super happy society, man. Like, yeah, dude, like I think like if you think about it on a worldwide level, that's that's really like all we should want for all of humanity is is everybody to have access to a supermarket full of food, man, and clean drinking water. I always go back to clean drinking water. But all that all that food in the supermarket, you could argue is created by people with dead-end jobs, man. But that's not the reality, right? Think about it. Think about it. Like, like how radical it is, how blessed you are to be able to go to a supermarket right now, fill up your little basket full of produce and some hamburger meat and maybe a a a magazine and some bubble gum and you know some guacamole and some salsa and go home and like hang out right all that that you put in your basket that makes you like able to enjoy your life maybe you don't appreciate it but i think we've all learned over the last three months that like man that that is really something to treasure and and all of that was created by people that that are being told that they're in dead-end jobs, but the only reason they think they have dead-end jobs is because we're not cherishing the gift that is all these people showing up to work and doing this this job because we're not putting, we're putting all of our energy to these scumbag celebrities and and people that 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 don't care about us instead of the people that truly do care about us, which is all these people that have been convinced they have dead-end jobs. They don't have dead-end jobs. Their jobs are what make us have our beautiful little lives, man. Somebody somebody made this t-shirt, dude, like printed it and with their silk screen stuff. And someone made this like tape measure that, that like makes my life super simple and and all of these things, and, and I think we maybe we need to maybe we've had a chance to look at it and be like those people don't have dead end jobs. They have open ended realities because they sustain us all. But we got to return the energy back to them, dude. And we got to cherish these people that that show up and punch the clock and click click and and they do it, but because they just want to go home and have have hamburgers with their family too, dude. Like. It's been a humbling couple months, man. Like it really has because, you know, you look at the shelves being empty and then the city's burning down and like, I, I, I don't want any of that, man. I don't want any of that noise, dude. I, I don't want that revolution, dude. You can, you can have your revolution and suck eggs, bro. We got it pretty good here, but we need to, but, but the only reason there's the disparity the, 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 this imbalance is because we don't appreciate the people that make this happen because we're allowing them to be convinced that they have dead end jobs. And that's funny. Whoever brought that up. Thank you. Because like they don't have dead end jobs. Their jobs are super important to like me being able to hang out with my son and enjoy life. So no, you don't have a dead-end job. And anyone who tells you you do have a dead-end job or is making you feel that you have a dead-end job, A, you got to ask yourself why you feel that. And B, you got to track down that thought process and be like, hey, man, 
I don't have a dead-end job because I'm going to go home. I'm going to play my Xbox. I'm going to go rip some bong hits. I'm going to go hug my child. I'm going to go disco dance. I'm going to go to the bar tonight. Whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to go to the national park. You know, I'm going to take a week off and go backpacking. Whatever it is, just don't let yourself be convinced of that because that is part of the, the World War Five D scape of it is, is you have to wake up every day and it's a lot, dude. It's like washing dishes and all of it, dude. Thank you, Marie. So, yeah, it's funny. I never know how these things are going to go when I push the button to play. But, yeah, if I think about it, man, like, yeah, all these people, it, we all are making it count together. But it's, it's time for us to move our lens away from these people that sit here and preach to us their faulty morals, these Stephen Colbert scumbags, these, these jerk-offs on CNBC or CNN or whatever the heck they are, these lame politicians, dude. Be the leader of your own reality, right? The leader of your own reality. If you're president of your own personal reality, you don't have a dead-end job because you can go into your job. It might be just stuffing VHS tapes into a box but you can go into that job that seems pointless and know that there's going to be somebody at the other end who unopens that box, puts that box into their little VCR and watches whatever it is, and they might be stoked. And you also might realize that that job, there's probably other people at that work. And if you go in there with the dead end job reality, you're bringing those other people down too. But if you go to that job and you're like, this is not a dead end reality. This is my chance to make this a positive experience. Dude, you get to make lift all those people up that you work with. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Most of the people I've worked with, with these, at these jobs are actually pretty cool, man. And they're not dead-end people, dude. Dead, you might have a job that's not going to lead you to be the CEO of Walmart and some mega yacht off the coast of, you know, France or something. But you know what? You can, you can definitely treat that person you're working with as a fellow president of their reality and talk about the deeper construct of what it is to be real. I remember this dude. I'm going to wrap this up here in a second. I remember this dude at the milk factory in Bozeman, Montana, dude. And I got to know him, dude. And he was just a dad of two kids. And he had his wife and he had his, his little place outside of Bozeman somewhere. 